What's up? It's your girl, Casey Coop, on your girl's podcast, Casey's Freak Show, at your girl's recording studio inside of Meltdown Comics. You don't want to miss this episode, which we haven't even recorded yet, but I'm just like that stoked about having this girl on. This girl being my coworker and friend, Aeon, a.k.a. Ashley, who is a stripper, a mother, creator of Submerge LA, and I would say a low-key revolutionary. What Aeon does on stage is unlike any other thing I've seen in a strip club or even outside of. It's contortionistic raw movement. I would, th- I just think of as art. She describes it as an exorcism. Same diff. In the realm of freedom, Aeon's pushed my own simply by being herself and speaking her truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for all of that. That was like so touching. <laughs> I'm always like shy to tell people what I think about them, like even if it's like very positive, you know. And I'm just like, you're someone I was nervous to ask to even come on because I, I really right. respect you that much. Oh my God, you know. It's it's funny because I do have this kind of intimidation energy, but I don't mean to. It's just like I, I think the tomboy, very masculine part of me, and then people are like, "Oh shit!" Like she's not Where really. Where do you get that masculine tomboyishness? Um, is there anything in particular? Do you think? I feel like you'd have to just look at my chart, my my astrological chart. It's all there. But <laughs> um, I, I think just life experiences and you know what I came in here with energetically, it's it's been androgynous. But then totally tomboy as a Me kid. Me too. And I've noticed that actually with a lot of strippers is almost like if you're able to express yourself so openly in a sexual way, you kind of have to have a masculine strength about you. Um, whereas people kind of, if like outsiders, normies look at sex workers like, Nor- oh, they're normies. Yeah, that's what I call people outside the realms. I'm oh, involved in. yeah. But they civilians. Look at, <laughs> civilians. They they like look at strippers like, oh, dumb ditzy girls. You know what I mean? Mm. But it's like these are strong, powerful, mm-hmm. you know. highly educated. A lot of women, of course, you know. And I feel like you can run the gamut from being. Highly educated to not so academic, but still highly intelligent and street smart. Mm -hmm. And then you have the ones that maybe are not tapped into their own, you know, power consciousness levels that are, you know, you're like, "Mm, okay, well, that's where you're at. And that's kind of get at any workplace, though. Exactly. And that's the thing is I'm like, it's just like every other spot, except this is what we do. And it's it's a job. You know? Yeah, it's like um, before I worked in strip cl- in the strip club, I worked in restaurants as a server. And I know you used to be a cook for a long right. time, right? Girl, it's the same damn shit. It's the same. It's like the same but less mm-hmm. sexy. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, talk about, like, sexual energy running high. Oh, yeah. It's like high school Because everyone's, like, drinking and doing drugs and partying together. Yeah. It's like yeah. people fucking in the walk-in. Like, Girl. All that. Yeah, I actually, like, that's where I got... Like my hook on coke when I was seventeen was really? I was working at fucking Marie Callender's busting tables like a bitch. But you know what? I was like the always the one white chick busting tables and running circles around people because I'm such a Virgo. I'm like I want to get this shit done. But yeah, I was like, oh, here's some blow, boom. How did you end up in the kitchen? Because I know that's a big part of your story is just like being a cook for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, growing up, I mean, like we, my family moved from Long Beach to San Diego. I was about seven, turning eight, and. 
I started cooking for my fam because my mom worked a shitload. She was the breadwinner. My dad was out at school and then he had all these overbooked commitments with church, super really religious, which really? is like, a, girl, that's a whole fucking story Wait, in you itself. you come from a religious background. Dude, I didn't know that Hello. at all. Hello. Oh, my family is so religious. Bless them so much. But yeah, I, I definitely like grew up with a lot of that and I had to break free from a lot of these mental constructs that were put there, you know, by all of that, you know. And, I had and no wanting... idea that that was part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff there. Um, you know, not so crazy in terms of like, you know, some of the shit people deal with, but mm-hmm. it, it definitely was uh, 180 from like where I like grew up and how I grew up into like being like, no, I'm going to just be me. I'm going to do me. And that was like a struggle as a teenager because finally like I was just like, you know, in touch with my sexuality, you know, pretty young, not that young, I would say, but like vocal about it to the point where like, you know, my classmates, some of the girls would be like, what the fuck? Like, cause I'd be talking about masturbation when I was like yeah. 14 and oh like, my God, I remember people the girls be tripping. At school made fun of me for that. Tripping. Like I, I was just like talking about masturbating and I'm from a small religious town in mm. Oregon. Mm. And I remember like the cool girls, like I had said it amongst a group of people at a party. Not that I went to parties. It was like the one time I was drinking other people. I was mm-hmm. not cool, mm. but they brought the cool girls heard about it from one of the girls that was there and then threw it in my face like I was such a fucking loser and I remember it was like one of the very first times of like taking my power back from the from the popular girls Mm. and like and I was like yeah you're missing out or I made some joke about it and I made them kind of look stupid and I was so happy because like I was very embarrassed how how like bad masturbating made me look in that moment look everybody else I'm gonna when I say everybody else I mean like the dudes their fucking ears perked up 100% you know like and these <laughs> girls they're mad because like the the attention is no longer on like them and their whole facade it's like right. you and your real shit and they're like oh right oh yeah and that's how it is in our adult lives you know if like you're out on the table with your shit and it's kind of provocative People are going to be like leaving these basic people behind and coming over and seeing what's going on over here. But it's funny because like guys are drawn to it. I noticed I was always so vocal about my sexuality before mm-hmm. I got a boyfriend this year. Like I was like sleeping around a lot and mm-hmm. I was doing comedy. So I was just like very out there with my posts online mm-hmm. and with what I was doing. I was just sleeping around like all the time, like a different dude every time. And I remember like people telling me I was just doing it for attention or for guys to like me. But really, it was my own um, repressed sexuality that I was finally getting into Hello. in my 20s. I waited mm-hmm. and I was, I've been like masturbating since I was a child, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I know I hear some of my homies being like, oh, I was five humming my teddy bear. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> totally. I totally like <laughs> that one. It's like I, I missed the train on that one. But it, like I, when I like got to that place, I was like, oh, shit, like this is life right here. I remember the first time I made myself fucking squirt and I was like, um, what is this? This is tight. Dude, Alexis was just on here talking about squirting. I've never squirted. Girl. Is that I I've, I've want to so badly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy because there was a time where like I was so tapped into that. Like I could squirt like no big deal. And then I had these experiences sexually where like it's it kind of pulled back because mentally like I just, you know, I felt this um, reservation, you know, and I had to get back into that place where I was like free. you mean just with another person sexually? Yeah. I I mean, it was more about like how I felt about myself. And I I think it was an old boyfriend who still fucking tries to hit me up all like (laughs) decade later and shit. I actually fucked him like (laughs) back in November. I forgot his dick was big. And then I also remember (laughs) that it was me running the show sexually and he was just like oh like once you once i start loving it then they're all like they can't even fucking hold their shit together i know their, you know and i'm I like know. come the fuck on bro like that's my favorite yeah yeah so i remember at one point like i totally like 
you know, you're squirting and yeah, like you have both like vaginal fluids and sometimes there's piss there or whatever. But I'm like, this is this is magic, motherfuckers. But he said something. That made me feel like, like, oh. Guys are always so afraid. Mm, They're afraid of everything. Yeah, yeah. And and so after that point, I was like, oh, maybe this isn't cool. Maybe I'm just peeing everywhere or whatever, you know? Yeah, I know girls that cried after they squirted because they were scared it was urine. They scared they'd never be able to have sex again. It's like there's all this shame surrounding our pussies and, like, what comes out of it. I know. And and it's just, it's stupid because it's really, like, there's just pure power coming out of this shit. Absolutely. So on that note, how did you get into dancing? I want to know because I know you were cooking for a long time. I know that you had a lot of repression in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's it's funny because I got into like I tell everybody this is like the story is as a child, I was a gymnast and a ballet dancer for a short time, probably from age, I don't know, three, four to mm, six or seven before I left Long Beach and went to San Diego. And that was my happy place. I remember excelling at that. And I remember my t- my mom telling me that my ballet teacher was like talking about my sister and I like they got something there, cultivate it. But it didn't happen that way. We, yeah, because you're so flexible and strong and lean muscle. And well, like, I, I, I got that. into athletics as a you know school age kid and um, almost teenager. I guess 14, but I stopped doing that because I was like, fuck this shit. I'm just like a stoner and like I was kind of mm. a bad kid, you know. But not terrible, but definitely like experimenting with. Uh, MDMA when I was like 14 you know freshly in high school mm. so I just kind of got off that path and I was just like no like, you know I was just kind of in this watching my family's facade fall apart a lot of oh. a lot of stuff that was going and on that's a that hard was, time in your life to have family issues yeah happen. you know I, I feel like people with their teenagers I'm like teenagers are a pain in the ass when they call out your bullshit if if you're like authentic and real like yeah you're gonna have a time with them but that that was my biggest thing was being like everything you're trying to tell me about what reality is isn't and you're still like trying to. Like, was your family trying to make like a white picket fence appearance? And you just... yeah, my my dad was totally, yeah. And you know, I don't, it's funny because like now, like looking more, uh, being exposed to astrology, like I see my dad's a Scorpio. I'm like, he's got a lot dad's a Scorpio. of stuff I'm going on there. Yeah, yeah, you know, sexually, yeah, yeah. he, yeah. you know, I'm sure was like internal conflicting because of his religious, you know, um, mm. whole thing. And mm-hmm. and yeah, he really wanted to be that guy with like this perfect image, and it just wasn't that. And and I just, you know, was watching this whole thing go down from the time that we moved to San Diego and, and well into high school. And then when my parents finally, like, my, you know, they split. My dad left because um, my mom, like, wouldn't leave. But, like, she finally got to a point where I was like, yeah, dude, like, why don't you all get a divorce already? But wow. anyways, that's a whole thing. So, oh, yeah. so I got into dancing because I, I just in my early 20s felt like, God, what the fuck? You know, like, I want life to be dope. And I felt like I went through like a lot of. Um, like uh, depression as a teenager, uh, self-sabotage, you know, doing the whole like I cut myself or I'm Mm -hmm. popping pills or like Mm -hmm. I was 17 and I was like doing blow by myself at at the Marie Calendar's parking lot, you know, (laughs) (laughs) being like this is not a party drug anymore. Just Just being like, yeah, yeah, like just a lot of self-loathing. And and then I did this, uh, I had a mushroom trip in my early 20s that really shifted me into being like, okay, where's my happy place? Who the fuck am I? And, and these- Yeah, I remember when I tried mushrooms, it was like the first time I had uh, self-loving thoughts that were like, you could be something great, you are great, just 
Gotta get rid of all the fear yeah. and all the self-hatred. Like, right. But then later, mushrooms just turned into like me crying for hours. It was kind of awful. Yeah. But like, it was nice to have a breakthrough for the first time being like, mm. no, 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 no. Deep under all of this like mm-hmm. self-hatred, like there's something there mm-hmm. where I could be great. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, crying for hours is not a bad thing. It is such a cleanse. It is a psychological, I d- I cosmic just cleanse. I so many of those, yeah. like, those cathartic sobs and like yeah. i still like to have one once in a while but uh, yeah got, i think it's a seasonal it thing bad. Yeah, yeah yeah no i i don't think mushrooms are like hey let's like use it like unless you're microdosing which i know people that do that you know but it, it's it's powerful consciousness altering um you know organic material that has been put here so that we can expand but there comes a time where it's like you have to do new work Exactly. Like yeah. they get, they almost like open like a pathway, but it's like you can't just stay in that place. You of have to not. then like find your yeah. truth, whatever way that is for you. Right. So I'm so sorry. You um, no, no, were kind of self destructing in yeah. your 20s. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Um. So I had that trip and then I just on my own started to connect with, okay, stretching, dancing. I'd go out to warehouse parties and I'd just go rip or like a club or whatever. And people, even then were like, oh, you know, you must be a professional. I'm like, my dad's a drummer and the the rhythm that he's got and he's practiced, it, it really came through for me. Like I didn't get into uh, music per se, which I think that's something eventually I'm going to get into because I feel like that's really wanting to come out. Um, but that I think rhythm dance and music and rhythm, yeah. it's all interconnected. Yeah. Um, that, that was kind of like the slow build and that was like, like uh, 22, 23, but really it was, uh, going through my relationship. I, I already had, uh, my son and my son was about two years old and I and saw he's five now, right? And he's five. Yeah. Wow. So I saw this group on and I had seen, um, actually Nicole, the pole, she's from Allure. She started that studio and I wanted to go there and I was just like, dude, I want to fuck with this. But th- this is the crazy shit. When I was 19, I had a friend that did uh, my first tattoo and actually, like, I don't know, he low-key wanted to fuck whatever they all do. So he was at an art show. I used to trade lap dances for tattoos. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. So funny. So good. So resourceful. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So he paid for me to get in. He paid the bouncer, like, 50 bucks. And I was like, I don't have an ID. I literally had just gotten a DUI, like, so I did not have an ID. But I sat in the same spot that I now roll out my mat. This was in 2004. Oh, at the club, at the club at we Cheetahs. work at. Oh my God. And I remember watching the dancers. When you were 19? When I was 19 and being like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? When I went to check it out before I got hired, I remember I'd never really been to a show. I went to one once, but it, I was like dragged in. I was drunk and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time I just went and paid attention. And I was just like floored. I'm like, this is it. This is where I belong. Like, there's like this woman power coming from the stage that like It I was love. incredible. And at that time, they were still allowed to wear pasties. And oh, bitches okay. were like rip roaring on that pole. Really? Yeah. And And it was like almost to the day 10 years later that I went there to do an event. This the same bitch that we all started to be like, who is this bitch? The one from Beast Bun. Oh my! <laughs> you know what? We was on a level. We was on a level, and she turned on me so quick that I was like, ah. Uh, but she was oh, the one. Really? Who, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other story. People are put in your life for that exact period yes, of time for a reason. Yeah. And you move forward, you outgrow them. But right. that's funny that it was that girl that it none was of us her because she was trying to do a lesbian night, and okay. I think like three people showed up. But I had a line of homies and my mom and my sister were there and I had like done like three pole classes. I didn't know shit. And I was just out there like, fuck it. I'm going to go for it. Uh, They were like, yo, you want to work here? And I was like, yeah. And at the time, it's funny because like I was really going through it in my relationship 
And I just and want... this, was this with your child's father? Yes, yes. And and so like I was just like, man, I need somewhere where I can to like release, re- release, and like remember who the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. And it, it Take took back time. Your power. Yeah. That's how I felt when I started dancing. Was mm-hmm. like, first of all, I've always loved dancing. Mm-hmm. In high school, it like saved my life when I was like very, very suicidal. Mm-hmm. It was just this like raw outlet of bodily power. And mm-hmm. then like just to get some of that sexual energy out, where I'm not riding a dick and feeling so empty the next day in this horrible yeah. cycle that I was in. Right. It was just like I can just get it out and get paid for it. Was such a relief. That was the thing. That was another thing was like deep down, like while I was being a cook, I was just like, I don't like being some bitch behind the scenes. I I want to express myself and dance was something that I love so much. And I really saw myself as doing something great with that because of the feedback I had already gotten when I just would go out mm-hmm. to do it for fun. And I was like, how can I do this and make it work? Because I just at the time was like, I can't pay to go to a, a dance studio. It's just not an option right now. Like I just I was at home with my kid. I wasn't right. working. I was feeling really like just like not in a good space, like, a, you know, living with my mom. And I still do live with my mom. God bless her and my sister, because without them, I would not be who I am or where I'm at mm-hmm. because of the, my village there. But, yeah, it, it was like I had just gotten my esthetician's license and I was trying to establish some some sort of work rhythm. And I just couldn't during the day. And I was like, well, night's working because my son was sleeping through the night. Mm-hmm. And it just it it happened like that, just so organically. And and, and you were twenty nine. You said because it was ten years later. Yeah, ten years later, twenty nine years old. I have a two year old, and I just went in for it. And it's funny, like looking at like my aesthetic when I started, and like just the isn't thing- that funny? Isn't it funny to look back on? Like mm-hmm. it's funny because like I was in a dark space when I started mm-hmm. too. And when I see like you know I posted the Polaroid of when I was hired at oh the club. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Two years ago, yeah, or two and a half years ago looking at it I'm like looking at a different person because like at that time I wasn't remembering who I was I was doing Mm stand-up but I was like watering down to fit in amongst Mm. the comics and the guys and like right I was just not I didn't remember who I was Mm -hmm. my style my personal style has always been like a big part of me it's just so you know your vulnerability is just like front and center when you really are who you are in public and in your art and you put it put it out there it's frightening because there's people who are so ready to tear your shit down. But once totally. you hit a certain point, you're like, <laughs> you break through. Do not give a fuck about yeah. what you have to say about this. Yeah. Because if you're talking that kind of shit, you're probably hating on yourself and you're not doing what you know you need to do to live your authentic expression. Do you feel like stripping has gotten <clears throat> you to the point of a breakthrough like that of not caring? Or do you feel still held back? Um, I, You know, it's funny. Uh, I have this kind of I feel like this is like so Gemini of me like back and forth between being super powerful and feeling like a douche Mm -hmm. and what really like brought it up recently was kicking it with people on the west side who are like super yoga like high vibe people in their spaces that they're in are gorgeous and Mm -hmm. you know they just seem like like all not seem they are doing it they're popping you know like they, they they live their lives on their terms and they do it beautifully And then there's me where I'm like, God damn it, I'm in this fucking stinky club. Shit is not aesthetically (laughs) what I want, you know? So it just kind of like, it it made me look at what I really want beyond being a stripper because there's a part where, you know, the beginning part where you're like, yeah, I'm a stripper, whatever, whatever. But then there's the part where, uh, like the mushroom thing, you have to go to the next level. I agree. Mm. I agree. When I started, I was almost on the high of stripping and I was like a little, I was defensive about it because as you are, as a stripper, people come at you Mm -hmm. kind of in your personal Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. and like, oh yeah, on the internet. And so I was in that mode, but then I got into like, 
you just evolve. Like then I got into super stripper mode with blonde hair, and I know you dyed your hair. Oh my god, too. I know. But it was fun because I never had been blonde before. I'd never gotten Me to either. be that girly and that Barbie before, and it was fun. And now I'm like moved past that, where I'm in like I'm like be you mode, totally be me mode in every way. Yes. Um, but it you just have to keep growing, kind of, because you, job burnout's a real thing at the club. Oh, Fuck. good lord! Yeah, oh, you know, and, and creating like adult level stability. And granted, I know that like you know we look at our world and stability. We do strive for it, and then some shit can go down where you know you're wiped out by a, a natural disaster, or you mm-hmm. come on some fucking tough tough luck, and some shit just falls apart for you. So. You know, I get that. But I also I'm like, yeah, it gets to a place where you're like, I'm over here trying to get people to like, you know, give me their money. One, <laughs> two, like you got to wait for these motherfuckers to even come up in there. I wanted to ask you, you work at different kinds of clubs. I from do. Nude to bikini to right. topless, the right. whole spectrum. Right. Like, what do you get from those different clubs and where do you do I've you, had? What do you like best? Like, um, how is it at nude clubs? I've never worked. at. One. OK, so nude clubs is like that's where I really felt like I was like okay like I reached uh, this different level of comfort with myself in being like I'm bearing it all I remember the first nude club I went to was uh, Sam's After Dark I was only there a couple weeks because really I felt like that was I was still fresh in the game I think I was only a couple months in it was December 2014 and I'm like damn I can't cut it with like these bitches who are uh, f- like full blown fake ass fake titties nothing wrong with yeah. that but I'm like aesthetically like I'm not where yeah, I'm appreciated. Thin. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, there's a different club for every body exactly. type. Exactly. Yeah, there's every... like there's demographics is a real thing. Very real. And so, but I remember just like because of my flexibility, I fucking pop this pussy open. I'm spread out, yeah. and I remember this dude <laughs> like pointing at my pussy, mm. and almost like I was like, "Is this fool talking shit and laughing at my pussy right now?" And so like that kind of was like, "Oh, motherfucker!" But then I was like, "Fuck you, bro!" Like in reality and it pushed you to the next level because yeah. it's sort of like you face to fear I remember you telling the story before where you're like mm-hmm. oh these p- two people I think were uh-huh. kind of like looking like they were making fun of my vagina and you're yeah. like my son has come through there and then you reach like this new I think like yeah it's like I returned back to cheetahs because that's been my home base and that place is like honestly like it when it comes down to management and when it comes down to how much money they take out and exactly. just you know like the uh, level of camaraderie among the dancers it, it's really like a and, and the music that I can play in you know, and I think that's so important is to be able to feel what you're dancing to mm-hmm. and to like really be like, all right, I'm going there. I'm bearing like my soul right now. Yeah, because your whole thing that you do, I feel like you do like really good like trap music and rap music and like you do like this crazy contortionistic thing. And I know it's funny because like your Instagram name is Spider Snake Woman mm-hmm. and you move like a spider and snake. Like it's the raddest shit. Oh my ever. God. Thank you. And it's funny because when I created that Instagram, it was like, I was drawing on uh, archetypal feminine energy that's been over time um, really diminished in a way um, and damned, if you will. And because of my religious background, you know, it's like all of these these creatures Mm, that are like, oh, this is underworld and like you're evil and like Eve is this, you know, all of this bullshit. (laughs) So 
it, it it started there and it hadn't even really I, I remember I, my dad actually like yelling at me at the table when I was like a kid being like why are you sitting like a spider because I'd sit like this at the table with my leg kicked up and like have my arm <laughs> over my leg and I was like damn like why are you so hateful right now it, it like it was he was really projecting some of those he was projecting moralistic a, yeah things. yeah and he didn't realize it and now like me and my dad are on a level I tell him what I'm doing you know and it's just he's like well I can't judge you and I'm like wow thanks you know like he gets it now cool. but at that yeah. time he was still in you know in his own discovering where he's in his late 30s early 40s you know trying to get right with himself inside and now that I you know we all see those things now we're like okay our parents did our best and in their time when they were coming up there wasn't as much freedom there was no there was no access yeah we can access all types of ways to blow our minds open that was not there for them and they were so conditioned and speaking of like you touched on how you got an esthetician's license you were in a place right before dancing where you're like trying to make something of yourself. I feel like now you have this business and you've like sort of combined all of these elements of yes. Aeon or Ashley mm-hmm. into one that's like mm-hmm. so red. That's like nothing I've heard of before. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, from getting into the nude club realm, I like it's so funny because like I'd hear other chicks be like, oh, dudes trying to like stick their thumb in my ass. I'm like, these motherfuckers want to put their tongue in my ass right now because like my shit is so squeaky clean and fabulous. But I was just like, <laughs> I don't like these motherfuckers doing this and I'm, no. not, I'm not getting paid near nearly enough money for you to come at me like that yeah. and it's obnoxious and it's so crazy to me that people will let themselves behave that way just because they're paying for a fucking vip i'm like right. you don't know shit homie like you're not gonna know that i get like only a cut of this shit so like i had to really learn how to establish boundaries, boundaries. in a bigger bigger way so real it's so and, real and, and, and value myself and, you, you have know? to know like your you have to know your time's worth yeah and your self's worth and going into mm-hmm. this sex work like i was like mm-hmm. wow twenty dollars for a lap dance that's crazy and now i'm like not guys enough. try to be like, can you do it for 15? I'm like, hell no. Which is wild. Do you want to cut a deal? No, wild. look at me. I am like a the like an amazing human. Mm-hmm. I'm a good person. I'm a gorgeous Offering person. Offering a service that, quite frankly, you will not fucking get anywhere near this pussy otherwise or anybody even on this level, you know? And that's the thing is I'm like, we do have this kind of like extra care that must be taken with our appearance, with the shapes of our bodies. I mean, granted, you know, like all bodies are are welcome, but, you know, it's kind of a level of We maintain vibes. our appearance and it's yeah. expensive and it takes it time is. and energy. <clears throat> yeah, so so I got to this place where I was super comfortable with people and like I'd already been naked with them and then I, I got <laughs> from a Craigslist ad, I... I just answered it, which is ironic because, like, literally, my baby came from Craigslist. Like, I met Jorge right. on Craigslist. I know you met girl, your baby daddy on Craigslist. Girl. That's the craziest. Dude, I, it's I, so I, karmic, <laughs> karmic ass relationship from the internet. Like, I literally was gonna just like smoke weed with him and whatever, and then it turned into like six and a half years of the craziest wow. fucking shit ever, girl. Yeah, so um, I answered this ad and I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna meet up with a the dude. They didn't respond right away, but then I met them at this place in Venice, and it ended up being two really fine ass like. A1 ladies that I was like, damn, like, what's the deal here? They're like, okay, you know, we're doing body work. It's tantric and whatnot. And I was like, okay, so what's the deal? Like, is there a happy ending? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so we're doing that. And she fucking oh, started so cracking girls, up. girls, like, training you how to do... T- they, yeah, basically, like, I had already had this, like, you know, my, I got my esthetician's license. Mm-hmm. I had been getting body work myself. I'm very intuitive when it comes to touch. So I, like, mm-hmm. I brought my crystals in that bitch, and I was just, like, I was bringing it. And even submerged. Like, I had done ritual baths with some of my clients. Yeah, so you're... I was just going to mention for anyone that doesn't know, your, your business is Submerge LA, which combines, like, bathing with crystals, with healing, with, like, you're super into essential oils. Right. And you know a lot about skincare mm-hmm. so you kind of combine all this into sort of like a bathing and like healing service for right people. yeah I, I always say like it's a provocative 
wellness spa experience because very I, personalized. <clears throat> You're involved in yes. it. You wear what you want. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wanted to embody that kind of totally. like high priestess goddess vibe. Yes, yeah, you yes. know, but and do work that actually makes a difference for people, uh, not only just energetically, you know, and aesthetically, but the the materials that I use. I mean, they're really high powered plant and minerals. Um, so it, it was something I was like, I'm whirling this all together. I'm busting out seasonal produce to put in the tub, to so put in cool. my product. Yeah, you know, so I'm but drawing so all that. But so where does this tantric stuff come in? So the tantric stuff was like, all right, fuck it, I'm going to do this because I'm going to just explore this new world. So it was something where I'm like, all right, like I'm giving people a massage and doing like a full thing of body work. And then they're getting an orgasm at the end with my hands. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, shit, am I really doing this? But, you know, I had gotten to this place where I'm like, fuck, you know. Well, you you get you get used to stuff. I mean, and I say desensitized, totally. desensitized because because yeah. that's what it is. You you get more and more like, well, fuck it, you know. And then I, and you also realize mm-hmm. like maybe for your own personal comfort that it's like not that big of a deal. At least I exactly. Have. You it's know, like different realms of sex sex work. Like I've like tried different things, and like you just kind of figure out what you're comfortable with, and exactly. it's okay to be comfortable with something that people say isn't right, like right. normal or whatever. And it is, and I'm like, the, the irony is, is like, you meet so many people from so many walks of life, yes. you know, like there was like a, yes. a big ass Hollywood writer that I met through doing this tantric work, and I was like literally being a coach for him because this guy was like, you know, in his mid 40s, feeling all like down on his shit because he's not as hot as he was, and he yeah. had a fresh babe and whatever. And I had to be like, yo, you gotta reel it in, dude. Like, you just do the work you know you gotta do, and you'll be a one good. Like, there's people who can fuck well into their you know golden years because they take care of the body, they mm-hmm. take care of how they how they engage with life and, and sex work, and even like mm-hmm. from lap dances to getting people off. It's like a valuable experience. Like it's it's it one hundred percent can be profound when you have those moments with people who are really just like uh, missing this intimacy, miss, yes. missing maybe feeling. they don't have the time for it. Otherwise, I mean, I think too it's just like their internal process of learning about themselves. You know, because I mean, a lot of them they have marriages or they have a partnership or or whatever but you know what I would see is like people who are grown and they're highly successful but there's something that they're not tapping into inside of themselves and they needed to have this experience to reconnect with that or or remember yes and and then I had you know when I was like fresh on the job like I had an experience where I fucking lost my shit and I fucking cried like a bitch I, I didn't make money that day I made like very little I let this old man, you know, like I had a moment where I was vulnerable and he's like, okay, I'm going to massage you. Don't worry. I won't touch you. And he fucking, he stuck his fingers up in me and I just burst into tears. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck you, bro. But like realized, okay, got to reel it back in and take my power back. Totally. And I I experienced that too. It's like everything is a learning lesson. It is. If it it happened, it needed to happen. Yeah. And I've learned and I've taken from all those experiences. I've cried during lap dances multiple times. Maybe I didn't notice. Uh But like I might've been in my feelings that day Mm. and I might've been over analyzing and like over future tripping oh my god what am i doing here i know yeah but it's like when i'm just in the moment i'm like this is cool and i know that the universe has something planned for me that i'm not always gonna give lap dances lap dances are fun though i'm gonna enjoy it in the meantime exactly i mean and we look at you know i had to talk to my one of my homies um she's an amazing healer and reader uh her name is tanya shout out to you babes um (laughs) I called her and I was just like, I'm fucked up right now. You know, like I I get paid well doing what I do, but I have this conflict around it and I'm like not owning it. She's like, 
you got to remember the archetype of the sacred prostitute and what they did for men who would come back from battle, who would need to integrate back into their lives, but were really shook. And, and, you know, like, look at our world. Our world needs healing, and it's at the root level. For real, it's sexual healing. People don't, like, at large, society at large does not appreciate what we do. And, you know, it sounds kind of goofy, but, like, my boyfriend got me into Game of Thrones the last couple of months, and I don't know if you watch it. But I've never seen it, actually, but I've heard uh, I the Khaleesi uh, people telling me, like, when I had my braids in, they're like, yeah. oh, Khaleesi. And I was like, you know, I don't know the show. But she's the baddest bitch. Like, yeah. she really, really yeah. is. Yeah. But I never, I was like, I'll never watch that show. But whatever. I watched it and I got into it. And what they do is they depict, like, whorehouses at the time. Like, that's so heavily involved in the series. They've actually lightened up on showing it as the series has become the most popular show in the world because I think there was like some like pushback like some, stuff. Some don't reverb, show horrors yeah because yeah, it was like a, it was like softcore porn but a lot of the scenes That's were HBO. set <laughs> a lot of the scenes were set in whorehouses and it like that at that time like horrors are just like they're just a normal job like maybe it's like not the one everyone wants but like there was a lot of them and well, they did something important in society we do we you do know something what important in society. so like with my religious upbringing got me into mary magdalene and i was always fascinated by her and my name when i even like i had this intention when i before mm-hmm. i even really got into dancing i was like who am i going to be and what am i going to do this for and i chose the name aeon magdalena as like oh can we ask you mason before we started recording is like her name's Aeon. where did did you pull that from cartoon Aeon Flux yeah he guessed that yeah, I was like yeah. I didn't even know what that yeah. was but he was fanning out before you even got here oh thanks so dude. sorry go on with your no yeah no but as a kid I would watch that animated series everybody thinks it was the, the film with Charlize Theron which like was actually really dope but I felt like they didn't depict the weirdness that was Aeon Flux back from the the animated series but it, it was a pro yeah, you know, it was profound, like, how she was just, like, she was out here as this uh, vigilante, you know, for the people, and she was using her pussy really? as, as, you know, as part of her, like, assassin persona. She would lure people in. Really? And then she had this dynamic, yeah, 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 it was just, like, it was crazy to me, because I was a fifth grader, you know, seeing this shit, seeing all this kind of hypersexualized stuff, but at the same time, badassery. So totally. Aeon Magdalena was coming from my love of that that archetype that she represented. That's this, so rad. This, this, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, futuristic, so badass. Rad. And then Magdalena as a Mary Magdalene and like who she was to Christ and how close she was. And it turned out like somebody turned me on to um, this woman's series. She wrote a book about, you know, like the, the, the true story of this woman that was suppressed and how everybody made her out to be a whore. And there is an agenda, you know, especially when it comes to sex work. But Mary Magdalene was a, a high priestess and she was trained in sex and in and it was a practice it was mm-hmm. something intentional and it was part of you know Jesus Christ doing the work that he did that yeah. pussy was what charged yes. his ass up yes. to go into the realm he did of being you know basically somebody who's leading the way for for a large group of people yes. but the only way that he had that strength was he had her you know, it reminds me of like in high school, I read the book Memoirs of a Geisha. I don't know if you read it. I've read that book. Yeah, I, I remember. Loved oh, my it. God. And like yeah. ever since then, I like and in those days, you know, seduction was about showing your wrist a little bit. But I always remembered that. And it like, I, you know, I, I was a kid who like didn't associate with like super, I guess the blonde haired big titty girl 
girls on TV. And it's like mm-hmm. no hate on them because now I, I love that look. Mm-hmm. But like I didn't associate with that. Kind yeah, you of couldn't you couldn't relate. No, exactly. Like I liked my favorite um, Disney character was Mulan. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I love her. I, I love someone Pocahontas. who was like, yes, who was like kicking ass. But then like there was always something about the sexuality and my Scorpio nature mm-hmm. that was just like pushing to come through but I felt conflicted like those have to be separate but they don't and I, I no. that's so rad to hear you even based yeah, your it, name yeah. upon combining yeah you know and the also the, the word like aeon is actually like also eon pronounced you know some people call me eon <clears throat> and it's this expansive time and, it, and it's also like you know I just felt like time of the divine feminine and it's not about you know I see a lot of people being like the future is feminine I'm like no actually the future is integrated we're integrating both the masculine and the feminine energies totally. in a way that exalts both of them and that's what we're here to and do. And I think a lot of men, like you touched on androgyny before, mm-hmm. I think a lot more men than people realize are so drawn to that. Not that like mm-hmm. we put on a show as androgynous right. women, but like even at our club, guys like they love my small titties and I sort of like I do a flirty girlish thing, but I also right. am like very masculine. I have two mm-hmm. brothers. Mm-hmm. I was like raised in a very it's, Yeah, it's that household. energetic relatability. You know, so like you could like shoot hoops with them and talk shit and then also fuck like a like a total G, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and it's it's really like, you know, it, I feel like men get a bad rap, too, you know, because of like, of course, there's right. a lot going on. But I'm like, they've gotten their own conditioning. They're undoing totally. their own wounding. And, and we're all here to heal and to, you know, like have the best life we can have. And, and in this day and age, you can think of something, create it and make it happen. And you can, you know, go from like zero to like, you know, six, seven figures, like quick, depending on like how people latch onto your shit. And, and it's just really like at this point for people to, you know, learn about how to integrate those energies inside of themselves and to be compassionate with themselves so that they can be in the presence of others and see what's really happening there when somebody's lashing out or when somebody's acting a fool or whatever. Yeah, like having empathy. <clears throat> yeah. And That's I have, like, and you have to have that in the strip club because sometimes guys yeah. will say something off color to me mm-hmm. and I used to take it very personally. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I don't take rejection personally. Mm-hmm. Never. Like, I, I just, just I've, can't. I've built up my own like personal, like, I guess like, uh, bubble kind of like I'd, I'd say it's also like it's a strength it's like working out it's your energetic muscle yes yes and yeah. a separation between you and others but I do have to go to break um, yes. we'll come back shortly perfect awesome hey it's Casey here at Casey's Freak Show podcast at Meltdown Comics big shout out it's at 7522 Sunset Boulevard and it's got all your nerdy needs so come on through um, so we're back here with Aeon, a.k.a. Ashley. Hey. It's weird when, like, a, I bring a stripper in because I just, we use our stripper names. Mm-hmm. And, like, using real names is so funny. I'm like, I know. Ashley? Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, people call me Ash, like, in life. So, like, when they ask me, people people ask me my name. And it's not like I'm over here, like, oh, why are you asking me that? I'm, some people, though, when they ask me, I'm like, no, nah, bro. Like, like in even, the club, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I tell people my name all the time because I don't give a fuck. But there's some people who I'm like, no, you're a bitch no. and I don't want to share. Exactly. That's why <laughs> I always say no. Because I'm like, like, just sort of like, mm-hmm. I'm not scared of anonymity purposes. I'm just like, you don't fucking deserve it. Yeah. And they say it in a way like, oh, I really outsmarted the system here by knowing that Dakota is not your real name. Like, yeah. oh, okay, bro, mm-hmm. good job. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, but you're overstepping when you want to introduce me to your friend, you know, as my name. I'm like, no, fool. Like, I chose this name so I could embody it and I enjoy yeah. that. Let me have that here, bitch. It was cool when I joined the strip club. Like I said, I was in a dark place. So it was mm-hmm. fun that I could make Dakota be the person I wanted. Like, mm-hmm. I could have, like, 
like that confidence that I didn't have in real life. Mm. And now it's like one in the same. Like I'm just me at the club, just with a different name. Right. And I'm just me outside the club. Same. And even like in public, like I feel like my stripperness like carries over in it that. Really like does. if I don't want to wear a bra that day, Hello. I don't care if my nipples Girl. are showing. Girl. I don't care. That's so how we are, you know. And that like people smell that, and it's so funny. Like when I'm out with my kid, it's like boom. I get people like looking at me crazy, you know. And and yeah, like I wear like booty shorts and skippy mm-hmm. shit. One, it's been hot. Two, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. this body is not going to be this body. So I got to enjoy the shit out of this. Like, and then by the time my body is not that body, I'm going to be just one of those old people that doesn't give a fuck and wear the same shit right? anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. I saw your post about like you were at, was it the dog park or just the park? And you were talking to another mom mm-hmm. and you related because she was like, I used to be a porn star. Right. Yeah. And I love those moments. And a lot of, um, you know, women that you would not think totally are in the game they've been in the game they've been in and out of the game yeah I just wrote this long Facebook post the other day about it how I've been dancing for two and a half years and in that time I've been so vocal and I've written on public levels about Mm -hmm. being a stripper and I'm very it's a big part of my my life you know and I'm open about it and that attracts like a lot of older women to tell me that they used to do it yeah. or I've talked to women who are like in and out of it they're like yeah I went like everyone from your mom to your agent mm. to um your boss like you just don't you meaning people don't know right it's all around them they're talking shit on strippers all the time and we're all fucking listening some girls just don't say anything because they're stronger than you yeah I mean I've talked to you know I got like some online homies that will hit me up and be like damn you know like I used to be an escort and my dude doesn't know about that part of my past or whatever Mm -hmm. and I'm always like yep but they'll tell us because we get it we're the safe you know we're a safe space definitely and I always think like damn you know it's crazy to me that like you can't have that conversation with your intimate partner, especially when you have a I culture know. where it, dudes get a pass to fuck a bitch, two yeah. different, three different bitches a day, you know, all and week brag long about and it. brag about it. So and I'm just like, man. yeah, I'm like, dudes are out here fucking for free. A bitch gets paid and then everybody wants to put her in a fucking, you know, middle of a, a pit and, and stone her or set her on fire mm. and I'm like fuck that shit it's like the, it's like a mar on you like oh you, you you've had you, sex for money oh well oh. I've had sex for no money and I've gotten STDs like that who like for so, real for like, real though and I'm just like but you know what deep down I know like the realest ass people are not gonna like at all look at people that way regardless you know men women transsexual what have you because the truth is, is that once you go beyond the social uh, religious, the cultural conditioning, you realize that there's space for everything. And that's what something I loved about Tantra. And it's I beautiful. actually, I was like, I need to read about this. And I need, I have a lot more, uh, you know, studying and learning to do to really uh, have a grasp or any sense of what that truly is, you know, rather than just like, you know, milk toasting, being like, oh, yeah, I do Tantra. But like, it was like, you can't expect billions of people to be on the same shit. You have to know that everybody is... Uh, at the uh, the mercy of life and, and, and of evolution, evolutionary development of yourself, you know, and, and to to just be like, I'm not asking you to depart from the way that you live your life mm-hmm. because that is how you live your life and you're going to have your own growth and transformation. And I really appreciated that because it's different from the spiritual paths that basically are like, um, we're only allowing for goodness. It's interesting to me that some, like, because there's so many forms of spirituality and I'm just dabbling mm-hmm. now in mm-hmm. like exploring. And I was raised again in a religious town in, mm-hmm. in Seventh day Adventist church, which mm. was fucking I'm weird. Sure wild. But it's interesting that, like, you said, like, there's spirituality that has rules. There's spirituality that where you can, you can't do this. It's all about control. But then there's like realms of spirituality that bring us, like, what I think is, I guess, I guess 
are my version of the best kind, which is like just getting in touch with who you are as your like freest self. I think that's what spirituality is. Not the core of any spirituality. Just like finding to embrace truth. all of that. Yeah, I, I also all of the wa- parts that are unsavory for culture or for ever, yes. other people to deal with. You you have to embrace and like love that part like it's a baby, and you got to hold it and be like, "Hey, it's cool. You're cool." I was cool. gonna ask you when, if someone's listening, I, I feel like you're so much about like following your truth and finding your truth mm-hmm. in whatever ways you can. How would you would you give advice to someone listening who? wants to follow their truth but it's such a daunting journey because I feel like you've been through that journey and mm-hmm. you've come out came out so much stronger and mm-hmm. brighter for it yeah I mean you know my family was not stoked my mom for a long time was like what the fuck you know totally like she she carried shame for what I was doing oh my mom too yeah. right and I'm like it makes them mm-hmm. look bad you know? in their eyes if they, they perceive it that way totally you know and, and I think again that comes back to their own conditioning of the times and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because I don't even want to air out any shit, but like there's people out here, you know, doing shit that we do, but won't admit to it being the same, except they're not reaping the benefits. You mean like pole dancers who don't who go to basically like if you're out here and you're 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 fucking with somebody who's in a committed relationship and you're you're doing that. It's, you know, people vilify sex workers and strippers for doing that. Right. But there's people who are doing that and they do it and they don't get paid. Mm-hmm. They don't get gifted enough, mm-hmm. you know, and they're out here like with their hearts on their sleeves about yeah. it because this person won't come and really give themselves over. Yeah. True. And so like, you know, as much as people want to carry shame on our behalf, I'm like, you worry about you and how you feel about you. I'll concern myself with with how I feel about me and what I need to deal with. And, of course, we're oscillating between self-acceptance and being like, fuck, is this really what I'm up to? Yeah, because we're human. We have right. we have self-doubt just like the next human. Mm. But, yeah, I've had to do a lot of spiritual work on myself to get mm-hmm. to the place where I'm just like, no stripping is a part of my mm-hmm. journey and my path. And it's funny, too. I was like, randomly, I ran into some old Facebook photo of mine from when I, ha- I got my Facebook at, like, age 18. And, like, I was a goody-goody. Then I got good grades. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I measured my worth but in one of my profile photos even then like I had put like this dollar bill like hanging out of my shirt just like just like Like it's like a tongue-in-cheek yeah yeah but like that was always there was was there it was always there it was always fucking there and I always hated on strippers because I was like that's how I was brought up and then I right but and then people low-key want to be us and they're like you know thinking in their heads that they cannot do it so like to circle back to what you're asking me about living in your authentic truth knowing that you're going to have to deal with some backlash and being in a space where you're like all right i have to accept that part where people around me may you know say or or whatever and obviously i think that there's like a a certain finesse about it you know like kind of like as back in the day when people would go underground to practice whatever they needed to practice because they were being oppressed. It's like, you're going to find whatever way works for you, but you have to be so committed to it that maybe you practice behind closed doors or you, you don't talk about it or whatever. But then there's going to be a point where like you either can let that be something that other people can hang over your head or you out yourself first and you yeah, have the power. You take it back. And that's why I would be like, first thing, like if a dude wants to fuck with me, I'm like, look, I've been a stripper for the last three years. I've done tantra work. You either can, like, get with who I am beyond what I've done for work or not. And my boyfriend knew what I was doing when we got together. And he never fetishized it. Mm -hmm. Like, that was my big fear, I think, when my Mm -hmm. first year stripping, when I was still figuring myself out Mm -hmm. and getting sober. I was just like... I feel like babies fetishize strippers. 
baby boys who are like 50 or whatever age energetically they are. they're baby boys oh yeah of and course they, they and they don't get it but because they're looking at you my, still as an object it's funny my boyfriend is five years younger than me like mm-hmm. almost to the day his birthday is the day before my birthday. girl i know before. that's me so too funny. i'm always fucking with these young dudes <laughs> and i'm like what? i'm all they ain't ready and i'm like yeah no they're not but it's so but nice that's great that he is ready to meet somebody that's not fetishizing what mm-hmm. i do because for a minute there and i think that was a lot of like when you're Whatever you think about yourself, you will project on others and find people who think that. Like, I thought I'm bad for doing this or like I fucked up because I'm doing this job now. So I would meet guys who then Mm -hmm. would just be like, yeah, I'm fucking a stripper. Right. And I'd Mm -hmm. be like, this is all guys. But it is not all guys. No. And that's the part that we have to own is that internal conversation we have and how we um our own perception of it, our own perception of ourselves, and I actually because dealing that with this, your whole world is it, your perception. I mean, of that's it. the thing that people don't want to deal with, is that whatever you say inside yourself, yes. whatever belief that you hold, yes. you're going to energetically align with that. Yeah, and, and everything it's going around to show you will you. feed into that. Yeah, and as much as we want to be like, ooh, you know, woo woo, the secret or, or law of attraction, it is real as fuck, and, and I'm I'm having to do work around that as well because there's part of me that's like, God, I really want the real deal with somebody, you know, and to have that love and to have like a a beautiful powerful dynamic partnership and you will have that and yeah. i have no doubt about that it Thank just you. it takes work to get there and you know right. that because you've done yeah. the energetic work to get yeah. where you are career wise and right. it looks like with your business and like um also i saw you were dancing at fucking this is like this is big stuff like you were dancing at kat von d's um premiere that was like thing. So she, she's just such a a blessing to to know and to experience she's a fucking free woman she's so free and she's she also badass. is just like one of the most grounded down ass people that i've met in the realm of being very visible and highly successful oh, because cool. i you know when i was working in kitchens i was working in people's houses in malibu beverly hills santa monica all of these places and a lot of them were high profile and there's people who are high profile who get like lost in their own like, yeah, you know, sure. high profile reality where nobody <laughs> tells them no. And then there's people who stay grounded and they get it. Kat Von D seems like the coolest. She is ever. the coolest. So her party was like Amber Rose was there. Like it was you, Malice. Mal- Malice r- roped in Amber Rose God. and was like, please what? take a picture. And I was just like. Thank you. I was like crying. I'm like all my favorite bitches in one photo. Oh so my what God. was that party? Uh, it was the launch of her fragrances, Saint and Sinner. That's and so it was cool. a global launch. And it was an incredible, you know, like she really like selected people that she absolutely admires and loves to be present for that. And it was such yeah, a... Yeah, she named a lipstick after Malice, our coworker. Right? right? Yeah. So, cool. so it's it just, you know, it was, a, it was a beautiful and divine event because for me as an artist, when it comes to dancing, that's what I've been working towards is to be in spaces that are exalted spaces so I can really showcase what I do and bring it into a new sphere rather than feeling like I'm just under this rock and I'm in these like smoky, dark, dark, depressing, stinky, yucky, ugly places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I visualize for myself is like, I'm going to be surrounded by geodes and magical plants and a pole and and a beautiful pole and the sunshine and and all of that, you know, all the, like all of the, basically all the shit these yoga people on the West side are doing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want that for myself for my pole shit. I was like thinking like, I know you made a post about that on Instagram. Like it would be the raddest club in the world if you could just like, I feel like what you kind of described as your dream club, which Mm -hmm. is like flora, fauna, poles, sunlight. I mean, really drawing, drawing into this ancient, like, you know, what I imagined Cleopatra was living inside of as her divine self. And that was an inspiration for me as, you know, I was conceptualizing my business and 
really thinking about how how I want to go about this. And I was it just, really came together too. Yes, thank you. I mean, you know, there's definitely like I have to put more steam under that because I I kind of dropped the ball on myself and I have to get back into like that the belief in what I'm up to and why I'm doing it. Um, but I feel like I but we all I'm, falter. We right. all have we that's even I do yeah. and like I've done so much work on myself to like believe in myself and yeah. follow my dreams and put my fears aside. Yeah. yeah. A big question I want to get to a couple more right. We have like yeah. 10 more minutes but okay. there's like such good things um i know that you have a five-year-old and you uh-huh. guys talk about what you do what do those mm-hmm. conversations look like um he's seen videos i mean he laughs you know like in my outfit or like if i'm twerking he laughs <laughs> um my son even before i really like exposed him to that was already like he's dialed into his sexuality at a young age probably three and a half yeah i was and yeah I was. and, and it's, so it's actually there's a lot of reading to do about it it's pretty common right yeah so i was like damn well i wasn't ready for that but you know let me have <laughs> candid conversations and my sister I'm sure you know my sister has been such an amazing influence for him and she was like yeah we had conversation around consent oh and so he'll be and like starting so young dude it's just gonna be the funniest shit one time we were in the like he was in the bathtub and I'm like, you know, outside, like scrubbing his hair and whatever. And I let him to like, you know, hang out with himself. And then he's like, mom, I have my pee pee on the da- bathtub. And I was like, what? OK. And he's like, I'm going to, you know, if my girlfriend says yes, I'm going to put my pee pee on her. And if she says no, I won't. And I was like, hey, that's legit, bro. Like, you got to just know, like, whether or yeah. not she's down, you know. And, and imagine it's, if like only even like 50 percent of parents like, yeah, had these kinds of conversations yeah. like it's so confronting. I, I get it's confronting, but I'm like, let's be real folks like no we need to start you know, at a young age they, we really do when guys have no fucking idea about mm-hmm. consent it seems like what the fuck well i mean look this has been an agenda for thousands of years and it's that deep that it's literally in the dna and i have to go and get weird for a second that this is even going beyond humanity and we are part of a galactic system and we don't want to acknowledge that we look at oh these planets and oh this galaxy and we literally think with our narcissistic human selves <laughs> or as part of the conditioning that we are the only motherfuckers yeah. in this shit no we <laughs> <Yeah>. are fucking <laughs> not one two like we are carrying dysfunction from other realms that we are having to deal Mm -hmm. with now because they dealt with it. And there's the part of the realms that are like here to like continue that darkness. And then there's the other part that are like, hey, we want to be here and aid you in your ascension of consciousness and the way that you interact with yourselves. I think that's what we're here for. Earth and each other. Yeah, I think that's what we're here for. Yeah, so, you know, that whole thing I get, I get it. It's written in textbooks. It's written into religions. I mean, there's a whole part of the planet where you are told that you're going to get married to this person and you don't have a choice, you know? So it's like we're dealing with shit that's major. Here in the West, we have so much liberty, you know? And as much as we want to bitch and moan about things that are lame as fuck, I'm like, but our lives are not on the line. But no. we don't have to fucking deal with what some people are dealing with currently no, right we now. I get that. I, I, I guess I, I'm corny and I talk about yeah. gratitude a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm on this no, like, that's what it is. gratitude list email Hello. chain with girlfriends. And yes. like even just writing 10 things a day and, and reading there is like it re... It puts my whole perspective back into yes. balance because, like, I forget. I'm like, oh, I can't get through traffic quick enough. Oh, my dog pooped inside. Oh, it's just like constant. Like, oh my god, I didn't have time to eat. And it's like I can literally just pick up a full meal. Like, I have money to do that. I did, do it. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, and then insane. I do the same shit too. It's and then insane. I have to reel it back in and be like, wow, there's some people really going through it. Let me shut the fuck up right now and get, get like back into you know, yes, gratitude. It's really the jam. It is the jam. So. Yeah, so, I, I exposed him to that, you know, to I exposed my son to dancing and like now he gets it. And I'm just like, yeah, it's about personal power. And, you know, the you. fucked up thing, too, is like my son's watched me fight with his dad for for literally like his entire life. Like, 
you know, and, and that was another thing that I was really like, I can't do this to my kid where I'm just basically repeating the cycle of abuse to myself and to him mm-hmm. by him even having to be in the presence of that. Mm-hmm. So with dancing, I was just like, look, like I'm going to get this power back. And I've gone back and forth while I was even dancing to that relationship, you know, and, and then finally got to a place where I was like, I cannot do this to myself. I cannot Good do this you. to my son. And, you know, I know he's in his own journey. He's dealing with his own conditioning and I'm not going to like, you know, but every time, you know what, though, every time you go back to him and you do the thing you don't want to do, like I have like a good friend who's my mentor. And mm-hmm. like, it's just like, that's another thing, another instance you needed to get to the change you want to exactly. be. You, exactly. You, like I have to bang my head on the wall 20 times before I know. And that's OK. Yes. You're a human. But yes. if you don't get to the point where you know what you want now, right. you're really you really in your core. No. Yeah. You you drag it out for your entire for life, your whole life, you know, and I really know? see that, you know, you know, even with like my my grandmother or my mom or like, you know, older women who have been through the shit who have let so much happen in the presence of themselves with men. I'm like, we cannot hold space for that, you know, and it's not making men wrong. It's more like we have to be the ones who are responsible for how people treat us, because that's at the end of the day, what's yeah, we happening. We make the boundaries. We create the boundaries. Totally. And, and, it, and it's Absolutely. an internal conversation first of I love you enough to treat you well to take care of your body, yeah. you know, to to be around people who lift you up. And if we want to, you know, engage in the cycle of abuse, hey, that's our choice. And we have to own that. And we have to get to a place where we no longer allow it. And, you know, we watch, I mean, all the time women that we dance with who are still in the thick of it going through yeah. it. And it's but tough. when I see them, you know what? Like, it's just like... And, not, and I'm not generalizing all of our fucking coworkers. Obviously. It's like, but each girl is at a different part of my journey and some of them are ahead of me in my journey yes. we're all we are we've all we're been all, at those yeah. places at least yeah. i have it sounds like you have right the dark times the abusive times the self-destructive times right just like yeah the, the cocky times right the weak times right. the secure times and even there you know it's like i have this compassion and then i also have boundaries because i don't i don't have it that i have to get stuck into somebody else's problems anymore me neither you know that's, and, and it's like feel good to yeah, have and i'm a stand for their healing i'm here for when they want to do the work but if they, exactly. if they can't or don't want to do the work, I'm going to be like, hey, Same. cut you loose, boo. You know, like you got to do you until you, you get to that place. Cool. I feel like and I we, can still be cool we, with people, we cool. but I don't have to emotionally like let yeah, that in. But like I'm not going to be invested in like, you know, overly uh, too much uh, involvement yeah. there. So, you know, and that's for my own health and well-being because Absolutely. I have to do shit, you know, to keep me good. Keep, yeah. And then to show up as a, as a mom, you know, and to do all that. So, well, we got to finish up, yeah. but I want to ask you the question I ask all of my guests, which is what does being free mean to you in your life today? Um, which I feel like this whole conversation is kind of really, revolved around. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, in, in, in this moment, being free means releasing uh, the thought patterns that m- keep me from taking the actions that I could take to, ascend into a new realm of my life that is the best answer i've heard that's fucking crazy that was deep no i loved it that's so good i love you girl i'm so glad i'm glad we got this heart to heart Mm because like i always read your stuff and i connect with it and i see Mm -hmm. you move on stage and i connect with it and there's just like a rawness that's like you know like i think anyone who's been through the struggle can relate to and can feel and also now like that I'm kind of on the other side of it I get to relate to people on the other side of Mm. self-destruction abuse Mm. like depression you know it's like I used to look at people who seemed kind of happier just pleased with themselves and I couldn't relate to them I didn't like them right and now it's like oh no they they were where I was they just have yeah they've done they've done their own work 
they've gone through their own shit and we don't know the behind the scenes on anybody until we really like get to know them and talk with them so you know it, it I see that a lot, you know, where they're just like, oh, man, like I've even done that where I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's too fucking happy right now. But I'm like, no, I actually want that for myself. You I know want how hard happiness is to get? It's I, fucking hard. You know, it, it, it's another muscle. It's another muscle. And that's why I, I really look at everything is like you either practice and develop or you don't practice and you don't develop. And, you know, you're it not wrong. Muscle. But it's just like if we want the the rewards and the benefits and all of the goodness, then we have to be ready to put in the work for it. Totally. You know? And then be gentle in the process. So where can people find you online and your company and where can they see you and yes, follow you um, and whatever? So I do have my, my Instagram, which is mainly where I engage um, Spider Snake Woman at Spider Snake Woman on Instagram, just as it sounds and is. And then my business account, very much smaller in, in developing um, at Submerge LA. My website is on both accounts, but I'll say it. It's submerged.la. And then, you know, through there, you can reach me on emails. You can direct message me, you know, and I talk to people, but obviously. She's at clubs all over town. You just hop yeah. around. You don't yeah. give a fuck. I hop around, you know, but I dance at Cheetahs right now. And I'm actually going to be doing Tranny Strip this um, Friday night. And I'm, it's the what September 15th Tranny Strip. I know this isn't going to be out until after that happens, yeah. but like that is. Um, a monthly event that they do at Cheetahs that if you are oh, interested at all in, in going and getting your mind blown, that would be the joint to go hit up. Yeah, yeah. I've um, heard really good reviews from customers who've been to it. It is truly incredible. So inspired by these women and it makes me want to take my femininity up a notch because I was like, <laughs> you do woman very, very well and I, I love, love it. it. Yes, girl. Thanks for coming on. This Thank was you for rad. having me. Thank you, Mason Booker, Thank my you, Mason. awesome producer. This is another episode of Casey's Freak Show. Mm, I love you, Casey. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.